Next on BYU Sports Nation, not your ordinary midsummer show. The BYU-Utah rivalry in the national spotlight. How do you really feel about that game continuing? The first top 25 rankings of the college football season have hit the media, finally. BYU got some love, and how about the Cougs' high-profile opponents? Plus, breaking down the UCLA Bruins with their color analyst and Rose Bowl-winning quarterback, it's a gold medal day. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's... Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Station back to work live in Radio Vision presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Thursday, July 30th, wherever. However, you're dialed in. Great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Tom Cruise's stunt double for the new Mission Impossible movie, <laughs> Brian Logan. I'm actually uh, Jerem's stunt double. Oh, you're Jerem's yeah, stunt double. Occasionally yours, sometimes when you're on vacation. Are you a stunt double, or mm-hmm. are you just stunt double? Uh-huh. Another movie star? Oh no, no! I, you know, they said I had to be at least five, seven and a half in order <laughs> to do that. So that's why they ended up giving it to Tom Cruise instead of me. You know, what is your official height, by the way? Oh man, according to the NFL scouts, Spencer, okay. uh, I am five, five and a half. Five, five and a half. Five, five and a half. NFL scout. Yep, yep. According to NFL scouts, and when I go to see the doctors, I'm five six. But NFL scouts, man, they got me at uh, five five and a half. I, I I value their opinion over the doctors. So, well, we round up on BYU Sports Nation, so I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be five six. Woo! Are you cool with that? Man, I take anything. I take a, <laughs> okay. a half inch, quarter inch, anything Listen, I can get, man. This is a loaded <laughs> day for news. Okay, this is a seven foot six day of news. First college football rankings of the season out for all to review, deliberate over, debate over. Well, you know that's happening. The BYU-Utah rivalry is back in the national media. Why? We'll tell you. The Pac-12 media poll was just released. Brian, UCLA, BYU's Week 3 opponent. They're in there in the top five. Interesting things, yeah. Very, very interesting to see that Rose Bowl winning quarterback Matt Stevens on the show he follows UCLA football closely I mean he guided them to a 1986 Rose Bowl win so why not talk to the guy that's inside the lines with the Bruins true we're going to start with the details however of the preseason coaches poll Bronco Mendenhall's single most hated poll and ranking system (laughs) of the entire year he's big on the let's not have rankings until week seven or week eight a lot of guys are but For us, for the media, for the fans. We need it! We need the preseason polls. That starts our BYU Sports Nation headlines. The USA Today Amway Coaches Poll released, and three BYU opponents are ranked. UCLA, number 14. Missouri, number 23. Boise State, number 24. The Cougs got three votes in that poll, and for those counting, that would put BYU in a tie for 45th. And I can hear Jerem right now. That's not what it means. They're not in the top 25. There are no numbers if they're not in the top 25. If you're counting, it would mean they're tied for 45th. They're tied, so it's it's a fact. Just, by it by is the way, it is. Utah State, four votes. What? The Aggies in the world? got one more vote What's going on? than BYU. Interesting. That is very interesting. 
BYU football has rescheduled its matchup with the Rebels of UNLV for November 11, 2017. That takes the Cougs' schedule to 11 games in 2017. BYU can schedule up to 13 games due to an exception granted for playing at Hawaii. Yeah, when you play at Hawaii, the NCAA will allow you to schedule 13 games. BYU only has four home games on the schedule. One neutral against LSU, six road games now with the addition of UNLV, four home. So I would imagine Tom Homo is pressing hard for an FCS opponent yeah. at home on top of another, let's hope, good opponent. I don't know, man. With calling that, Army, calling with, Notre with Dame. With that schedule, I'd get me a nice cupcake uh, team. I could just I, – I essentially, it's a bye week and then take another bye because Utah and then you have, you know, LSU, Utah – uh, yeah, I just I just want to rest my body if I'm a player. Former BYU defensive lineman Lonnie Hebron Fangupo signed as a free agent with the Kansas City Chiefs, trying to make that 53-man roster. Another dude in camp. Good luck, Lonnie. BYU standout Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays Summer will play in the Quicken Loans National Invitational. Blair tees off at 12 Eastern Standard Time and Summer Hayes at 12.33 Eastern Standard Time. Former Cougs on the PGA Tour, get it done. Also, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Red and blue clash yet again. Do we have the Tom Homo soundbite? If not, we're just going to go. We've talked about it for a number of months, and ever since... We got to that point where we knew that we weren't going to be able to play them after this season for two years. We've been in communication about how we can get this game back. BYU-Utah, one of college football's most fierce, tradition-rich, and now very much up-in-the-air rivalries. Will they? Won't they? We've cycled back again, Brian. Wondering if the Fighting Pac-12s will again take on the Blue Man Group of Independents to find a way to make this game happen on an annual basis following the last scheduled game in 2018. We're in year two of the hiatus, Brian. How you feeling? Yeah. How you feeling about this hiatus? Oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm all over the place uh, with it, with my emotions. I want this game, this series to continue, man. I'm a huge, huge fan of it because of – my involvement in the program as, as, as being a, a former player and, and my experience. And, you, you know, today for this very specific reason, as you guys will see, take a picture of this and tweet this out. I have a blue polka dotted shirt with a little bit, a little touch of red over my heart to say, hey, bring this back. Keep this rivalry going. I normally don't wear red, especially on this show. You know, it's, it's, it's a sin to walk into the, this building wearing red. But you know what, man? For the sake of bringing this back, this, this rivalry, this game, this tradition, I am, I'm, I'm doing it, man. That's how I feel about that, Spencer. The fact that you have that shirt on is unbelievably coincidental. <laughs> That's so true. But I a just, nice tie-in. I don't have laundry. a nice. That's amazing. It's a nice tie. I'm just politicking, man. That's all I'm doing. As I mentioned, we're in year two of the hiatus, and Utes head coach Kyle Whittingham was asked yesterday when he was in the ESPN car wash, all the Pac-12 coaches going through the studios at ESPN. He was asked, to nobody's surprise, if the BYU Utah series would continue. Brett McMurphy of ESPN tweeted out the following, and I quote: Kyle Whittingham was non-committal whether Utah will continue playing BYU after 2016-2017. They do have a game scheduled in 2018. Mm -hmm. Then he said, quoting Kyle Whittingham, 
whatever is best for us, end quote. Well, what is best for the Utes? Clearly, it's not BYU on a yearly basis. We've already missed two. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, Brian. I don't know. I'm vanilla, man. I'm vanilla. You don't want the game? I'm vanilla. Yeah, great. Let's play the game. Great. Let's not play the game. Great. You're up in the air. You don't, it doesn't really matter to you, I'm right? on it's, the fence. You're, I don't you're, know how to feel about this. You're like, if you play, then great. If not, well, okay, let's move on. That's, that's how you're feeling at this moment? Let's ask you today's Twitter question. You'll stew on that for a moment, and then we're going to go to some of your tweets. Today's Twitter question is, Brian? Why or why not do you feel strongly about BYU continuing its football series with Utah? I don't know what to feel about this. I am entirely on the fence for this topic. I can be swayed either way today. That is the dead this, honest truth. This is, this is, this is how I feel. Uh, when, when I'm looking at this from an analyst, the first thing that I'm going to say and, and, and recognize is that Utah is a P5 uh, school, right? So with BYU being independent, I'm trying to schedule as many P5 schools as possible, regardless if they're 45 minutes away or not. The fact that I can have a P5 team on my, on my, on my schedule is, is, is a win for me. That's number one. Number two is recruiting, right? We're hearing so many stories of how kids are going and playing for Utah over BYU and sometimes even Stanford. That's fine if kids are going to Stanford. It's Stanford. Taysom Hill out of high school committed to Stanford. I'm okay with losing kids to Stanford, but not, but not Utah. Playing Utah and having the, uh, the ability to, to win that game will show the, the, the kids that are in this state, hey, you know what, come play for this program. We just, you know, uh, uh, you know, whooped them last year, the last few years, you know, come and play for a winning team, and then you'll get logistics, right? It just makes sense Okay, it's okay. 45 so, minutes so you, away. So your, yours is a, lo- a logical approach. Right. The recruiting world is going to continue. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. It's just going to happen. Whether, to my opinion, whether a P5 or not, you're going to win some and lose some to the youths. That's just how it's going to go. But the P5 being in the same state, I'll give you that one. Okay? okay. The P5 game, proximity, I will, give you, I will give you that. I just, I don't know. I'm vanilla. Here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to read some of your tweets and make a pros and cons list with your reaction. Now and throughout the show. So, without further ado, to the Twitter machine. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Answer today's question. Why or why not do you feel strongly about BYU continuing its football series with Utah? First tweet in from at Tana Chris. There's no greater excitement during a game week and no greater adrenaline rush slash happiness than beating (laughs) the Utes. Okay, I I understand that because I grew up in it. I grew up in Utah. I am from the Ogden area. Represent Clinton, Utah. What's up? Okay, okay. But I lived outside of the state after I graduated from BYU for six years. In that time frame, Brian, Utah goes to the Pac-12. BYU goes independent. Out of state, with those things happening, the game in many ways just became another game. Just like, eh. It just became another game. Yeah, when they play it on game day, it's like, yeah, I want to beat Utah. Yeah. 
because I had those ties to my childhood. Yeah. But it it just it lost a lot of the magic for me outside of the state. And so nationally, what I'm seeing on Twitter and from our followers on BYU Sports Nation is it's not that big of a deal. Hyper-locally, it's like, oh, bring it on. Mm-hmm. You're a player. You were in it. Bring it on. Nationally, I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. You make, a, you make a good point, man. I mean, it's I, I, I've kind of even felt like that even being in the rivalry and, and even had played – uh, 2009 and 2010, that it's it's kind of gotten away. But any time that I can remember the, those games and and just the excitement and feeling the adrenaline rush, bro, all that stuff. I mean, that makes me want to continue this series. I remember playing against Oklahoma and then and then having completely different feelings. Uh, and like like the, this fan said, a different type of adrenaline rush playing against Utah. It's just a different feeling. You tell us, BYU Sports Nation, why should we feel strongly or not feel strongly about BYU and Utah continuing the series? Continue to send in those tweets using the hashtag BYUSN at Blaine Jacob. Although it made for a good past rivalry, they don't need each other anymore. They're both on to different chapters. Mm, that's this, kind of where I'm going that's, mentally. That's, it, this, it, I, I understand this. I, I, I think that... Utah feels that they don't need BYU anymore, but BYU, I feel, needs Utah. Again, P5 school, the logistics is very easy to, to travel. You're saving time. You're saving money. It, it, just, it just makes sense when you look at the logistics. So I do believe that is why BYU continues to chase after Utah. We're making a pros and cons list, okay? Got a couple of pros. Close P5. Yeah, make it happen. Easy travel. Beating Utah is awesome for BYU fans. Scheduling concerns, however, are a huge con right now. How important is it to both teams? We'll put a pause on that conversation. Coming back, we break down the UCLA Bruins and a man who led them to a Rose Bowl victory in the 80s. Matt Stevens joins BYU Sports Nation next. He gives us the inside track to what the Cougars are facing in week number three. Hashtag save the rivalry. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, moving pictures on BYU TV, 55 million homes nationwide. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. 55 million homes, huh? Did you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation? The show is on demand by downloading our podcast on iTunes or the, the TuneIn app. Watch it on BYUSN.com. Our Twitter question today, why or why not do you feel strongly about BYU continuing its football series with Utah? Again, it was brought up by ESPN's Brett McMurphy with Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham yesterday. At Toshalin19 says, I feel strongly about us not playing Utah. I'm tired of Utah fans who hate BYU more than they like Utah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real thing. That is real. As sad as that is, the hatred for BYU is stronger than the love for their own team. I've met several people like that. Some admit it. She says they just need to go away. Interesting stuff. Uh, We are now going to be joined by a man who is covering a team that has 
Something that only, I believe, one other team in the country has coming back. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 18. UCLA is tied for the most returning starters of any Division I college football team in the country with 18. Ten of them on offense. Only the quarterback is new. And apparently he's a world beater, Josh Rosen. Without further ado, let's bring in Matt Stevens, Rose Bowl winning quarterback for UCLA, radio color analyst for AM 570 Fox Sports in Los Angeles and the pride of Fountain Valley High School. Matt, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, And, you know, by the way, that Utah-BYU rivalry, that's a little bit like USC-UCLA being so close. Yeah, oh, the proximity is absolutely similar. So let's let's start there. Can you imagine USC and UCLA not playing each other on an annual basis? Uh, no, come on. I mean, I got to hate for a week. And, and when the USC-UCLA <laughs> week comes up, I can hate those Trojans. I can say all my <laughs> bad words. You know, I just get it out of my, my system. It's like that Purge movie, you know? I, I got to purge for a week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel as a former player as well. And, you know, maybe it may not be the same for for other BYU fans outside of the at the area. But as a college football fan, it's still intriguing for me to see any type of rivalry, regardless if I'm in, you know, associated with the program or, you know, just a fan outside of the outside of the state. Would you agree with that, Matt? Hey, you're either red or blue in Salt Lake City or Provo, and you're either red or blue in L.A. I mean, there's no in-between. You can't, you can't like both teams. You know, it's going to be real, really interesting for Utah because they lost Kalani Sataki, the defensive coordinator that went to Oregon State. I thought he was just a great coordinator. Always gave UCLA fits when they played at Utah. So it's, I'm, going to, I'm going to be really interested to see what Utah is going to do without him. Matt, let's talk about what's going on right now in Pac-12 country. The media poll was just released. The UCLA Bruins ranked 14th in the first Amway coaches poll. They were picked to finish third in the Pac-12 media poll. Is that too high for the Bruins, too low, or do you think right on the money? You know, it's good to be a little bit lower so you can, you know, you don't have to fill all those expectations. But I think this is Jim Moore's best team. I mean, you said 18 returning starters. That would be good for an NFL team. And NFL teams don't have guys that graduate every year. Everybody but the quarterback is coming back for UCLA that are key players. And I'm looking at this UCLA football roster where I'm going to see, you know, counting the juniors, if they do go out into the draft early, I'm seeing about eight, nine guys drafted in the NFL. I mean, this is a football team where, you know, it's loaded uh, inside. They got big people on the offensive line, the whole O-line returning, and they got a great D-line. So, uh, I think there's some big things for UCLA. And, and being third in the Pac-12, so be it. But I think UCLA is the cream of the crop. Matt, with, with 18 returning starters, does it matter that UCLA doesn't have a returning quarterback? <laughs> well, I don't think it matters. Because you got Paul Perkins, who led the Pac-12 in rushing last year. And when you have your whole old line back, I mean, that really – it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. But this kid, Josh Rosen, is special. I'm going to tell you. He has the most polished fundamentals since Troy Aikman. Wow. I mean, this guy, I, he is so good. I'm blown away. And UCLA is going to have a little different look. I mean, Brett Hundley was the quarterback last year, and he could do a lot with his speed. Big guy, 6'3", 235, ran a 4'6". Josh Rosen's going to do it with his arm. So it's going to be a more balanced attack. And the big thing about Josh Rosen, 
He's so smart. He understands football concepts. He's very mature. So I don't think, you know, there's no drop-off a quarterback, and it wouldn't matter anyway because you have so much around you. But this kid's going to be a big impact, I think, in college football, and everybody's going to know his name. Matt Stevens, radio color analyst for AM570 and Fox Sports LA. We're talking about the UCLA Bruins, a team he used to quarterback on BYU Sports Nation. Matt, you just dropped the bomb comparing Josh Rosen to Troy Aikman, so I'm still trying to catch my breath on that one. <laughs> However, with, with so much returning, what are the chances the Bruins win their first Pac-12 championship since 1998? Well, you know, the schedule really sets up well for UCLA, although BYU is going to be the hard game, I think, for UCLA, even though it's at the Rose Bowl, because, you know, BYU defensively, they throw so many different packages at a quarterback, and a young quarterback in Josh Rosen, he's going to get tested early on. So that's that trip game, I think, for UCLA. But UCLA, they do not play Oregon. They do not play Stanford uh, in the Pac-12 North. It's a pretty easy schedule where you're not traveling all the way across the country like they had to do last year. So I think UCLA, uh, skill-wise, it's pretty favorable. And uh, I I think that's where UCLA is going to benefit from the fact that uh, they they don't have to go on the road and travel across the country too much. Matt, it it sounds like this team is is loaded, and I could just hear the, the tone and the excitement in your voice. Uh, does this team have a, a weakness at all? And, and if so, is there a way that, that BYU can exploit it to win uh, the game? Well, I mean, the key's going to be to you know, stop UCLA rushing the football. They're going to grind it out with Paul Perkins. Uh, they get, they're going to be a big physical football team uh, that likes to pound the ball. And uh, it's not going to be, I think, a high-flying act for UCLA – you know, they're going to have to air it out very much. It's a, it's a team that has a lot of depth at every position. That's the first time I've been able to say that about a UCLA football team uh, for a long time. But, of course, you know, every team will have its weakness, and uh, I haven't figured it out yet. You know, I'm going to go to fall camp and, and watch, but I obviously would have to be starting a, a first-year quarterback. And I'm going to tell you one guy, the best guy on the whole football team for UCLA is Kenny Clark, the nose guard. Mm. He's 6'3". 315, he looks like he's 40 years old. I mean, he's got <laughs> muscles everywhere. And he's, he demands a double team every time, and you have to triple team him. And why Eric Kendricks won the Buckus Award last year? Because no one was able to block uh, Kenny Clark. So Eric Kendricks was running free uh, and making every tackle. And Miles Jack has moved to that middle linebacker position. Uh, he's going to be behind Kenny Clark. And I think Miles Jack is going to have over 120 tackles this year. Talking with Matt Stevens, AM 570 in L.A. on BYU Sports Nation. I was going to say, that would be, it's going to be an interesting matchup with, with uh, T-John. T-John Karoma, yeah, BYU's Karoma. freshman All-American center returning. He kind, of, he kind of prides himself on these notable matchups. So that, that yeah. one is certainly that's kind of off the radar, but, but one to watch, according to what you told us, Matt. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a young kid and you have to block Kenny Clark, I mean, you're not going to sleep the night before. I mean, you're going to be pretty <laughs> panicked. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's a big dude. I mean, I, I seriously, I mean, you get next to him, and, and he was a wrestler coming out of high school, and he played six in the state, so he's really good with his hands. But, I mean, if you saw him in a dark alley, you would just take off the other way. So I can't even imagine being a young center and having to face him and, like I said, he is by far the best player on that UCLA football team, and I think the best nose guard in the country. Follow Matt Stevens at Bruin Color Guy on the Twitter machine. Matt, let's stay with uh, week three in September when BYU 
heads to the Rose Bowl for that non-conference matchup with UCLA. How do the Bruins feel about defending Taysom Hill? Because when you look at the tape, there are a lot of teams that have tried and, and can't do it. And, and we've asked some coaches, how do you defend Taysom Hill? And it's like, well, we're not really sure. We just kind of hope to contain him. What do the Bruins do to slow down Taysom Hill? Well, I think that's the word right there, contain him. I mean, he's going to get his. I mean, there's going to be some points on the board. And I think offensively, too, by grinding it out with Paul Perkins and a good running game and a big offensive line, you're going to keep him off the field. Let him not have as many plays where he can make such an impact on a game. But like I said, I mean, this is one of the first times UCLA uh, on the front seven on both sides of the ball where you can say they're finally the bullies of the Pac-12. I mean, they're, they're as big as Stanford, and Stanford's always big on both sides of the ball on the front seven. They're able to stop the run. I mean, you're going to have to throw the ball against the Bruins. And one thing they have coming back are really good corners. I mean, you have Fabian Moreau, who one of the guys that's going to be drafted in the NFL next year, uh, he's a lockdown corner. And when you have a lockdown corner, you can do a lot of things. Matt, you said that um, a lot of the uh, the fans and and even yourself are, are excited about this team. Uh, but you also said that this is a, a, a trap game, uh, and, and you think that this could be a winnable game for BYU. Uh, what are, what's the perception from the fans and, and even from the team and the coaching staff uh, for this matchup uh, against the Cougars? Well, you know, Jim Mora, the head coach of UCLA, he's very grounded, and he keeps his players focused not only on game by game, but, you know, practice by practice, second by second. And uh, he's going to have that team prepared, knowing the reputation of BYU. BYU's a very physical football team on both sides of the ball. And come to the Rose Bowl, it's anticipated it's going to be a sellout because UCLA uh, now all of a sudden because of the Mora era, you know, there's so much fanfare, so much popularity with UCLA football. Um, so that's going to be, you know, a problem for BYU. But uh, it's a very mature football team of the Cougars, and they're not going to make many mistakes. And that's one thing uh, that you're going to have to try and prevent with a young quarterback not to make mistakes. And when he does make a mistake, even though you told him not to, that he doesn't go down in the dumps. And hopefully this kid, Josh Rosen, you know, he seems pretty mature. And, you know, I've seen him also in the spring game and, and also spring practices where he makes mistakes, but he's sort of unflappable. He just comes back and throws a touchdown. So that's the kind of quarterback you want leading your football team. Matt, I look at UCLA and, and see a team that really since Terry Donahue left has had some flashes in the pan, no doubt. But they've consistently underachieved until now under Jim Mora. Only five top 25 finishes in 20 years. Is this the, are they turning the corner to consistent excellence under Jim Mora? Oh, yeah. Jim Mora is just a god. I mean, they should put a statue in front of the athletic department of Jim Moore. I mean, and, you know, it's funny, too, because Jim Moore, everybody was talking about him. Well, he's coming from the NFL. He's not going to understand the college game. He loves college football. He has such a great relationship with his players, you know, and, and the players will do anything for him. I mean, he's not, you know, a, a lovey, touchy-feely kind of coach, but he's organized. He speaks from the heart. The players believe in him. If Jim Moore was standing in a river and couldn't get across, the players would find out, and they would build a human bridge so he could just walk over. That's how much they love him, wow. and that's how much he's embraced the college game. And Jim Mora has done the Nick Saban thing. I mean, he's seen UCLA have troubles on the offensive-defensive line, so he's recruited inside out. There are big guys at UCLA on the offensive line. Connor McDermott, he's probably a top-15 pick. 
He's 6'9", 320 pounds. The right tackle, Christ. Simon Goins, is 6'7", 350. Wow. I mean, just, there hasn't been that much weight in Westwood in a long time. And then, you know, I already told you about uh, Kenny Clark. Eddie Vanderdose was a five-star recruit. And all of a sudden, Jim Moore now has really taken on the recruiting. And he's got great coaches that know how to go out and recruit. But Jim Moore is an excellent recruiter. And recruits come in, they see what's going on with the program, they see what's going on with Jim Mora, and he really doesn't have to sell it. I mean, people that come to UCLA are now saying, and, and recruits that are coming to UCLA are saying, this is who I want to be, this is who I want to play for. Rose Bowl winning quarterback Matt Stevens led the Bruins in 86 to success in Pasadena. Uh, Matt, great stuff. Great insight into what UCLA brings to the table this year in college football. The 14th-ranked Bruins face BYU on September 19th. Let's talk a little closer to that game, shall we? Yeah, you got it. Make sure you bring some sunblock, though. It's going to be hot <laughs> the Rose Bowl that day, and we got a motto. Can't breathe air, you can't see. Okay. A little smog. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, great stuff. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, certainly, he presents an interesting case hey. for BYU and UCLA when he says he feels UCLA is the cream of the crop, and I know he's a he's a UCLA guy, yeah, that yeah. will ble- that will bleed into it just like BYU bleeds into us. Yeah, he's right. got the UCLA blue goggles on a little bit, but that's because he was a quarterback there. He won the Rose Bowl. He sees a transition that's, with Jim Mora. Right. I mean, it's it's one thing, you know, when when you have former players, and I think even people like us that have good ties to the program, and yeah, we do have our blue contact lenses in, but. Somebody with a little bit more accolades that has, uh, you know, a former player, you know, won a Rose Bowl. You, you, you know your stuff, man. Nine players, he said, that could get drafted. Matt Stevens says he can't imagine a world without USC and UCLA in a rivalry. We're in a world without BYU and Utah. Do we want the game back on an annual basis? Watch David Nixon next. Yes. Welcome back, sports friends. BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Studio B. We just talked to UCLA Bruins color analyst for AM570 Fox Sports in L.A., Matt Stevens. Boy, he, he dropped some huge bombs on us, one comparing the Bruins' true freshman quarterback, Josh Rosen, to Troy Aikman, saying the best fundamentals he's seen since Troy Aikman not to mention they returned their entire offensive line. They led the Pac-12 in rushing last year. I'm still trying to uh, wrap my, my mind around the nine guys that he feels that are going to get drafted on Nine? He says nine guys on UCLA's if, team if, headed to the NFL. If they want to leave early, meaning wow. there's some juniors sprinkled in there. Okay. Amazing. All right. Get Let's your go. Hand, get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag. Go to the BYUstore.com and search BYU Sports Nation or blue goggles to get your own pair, or a BYUSN t-shirt. It's all there, people, for the taking. Join the club. Join us in BYU Sports Nation. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. The Cougar football team has rescheduled its matchup with the Rebels of UNLV. November 11, 2017, that takes BYU's schedule to 11 games in 2017. They can schedule up to 13 because of an NCAA exception that allows you, when you travel to Hawaii, to schedule 13 games. So I would expect BYU to go a full 13. Hashtag guaranteed win. Uh, The USA Today coaches poll was released today, and three BYU opponents are ranked. UCLA coming in at 14, 
Mizzou at number 23, and Boise State at number 24. Former BYU defensive lineman Lonnie Hebron Fangupo signed as a free agent with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's trying to make that 53-man roster. Good luck to Lonnie and Danny Swanson. Uh, Cougars in the PGA, Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays will play in the Quicken Loans National Invitational. Uh, Blair is one over par through two holes, and Daniel Summerhays is about to tee off. Joining us now, our second guest of the day, the always talented, uber, over-the-top of excitement, <laughs> ball of energy, who has taken some more time off from his busy schedule to join BYU Sports Nation, David Nixon. Dave, hey. welcome back, man. Hey, it feels great to be back on the show, guys. Hey, we're going to get right to it. We're rolling, baby. We, we The emotions are high. Our Twitter like question that. today, why or why not? Do you feel strongly about BYU continuing its football series with Utah? And I'll say this. I'm on the fence, man. Convince me why I should care when it's this hard to keep it going. Well, first of all, the answer is yes. We should keep the rivalry going. I think it was good that it took a couple years off because it was getting a little nasty. Um, But this is what college football is all about. And as a player, as a foreign player, you look forward to these games. And I know that sometimes other people downplay them and say it's just another game. But – Brian and I can attest that it's not just another game where you're playing the team up north, that you get ready, you put everything into it. It's a different week than the other weeks. And for the players, it's exciting. So um, I think it's time for it to get back on the bandwagon and get back on the schedule and and spark it up again because uh, it, it really is something that's special. And I remember when I got to play, you know, Utah for those four years, um, you know, each one of those games was always closely contested. Uh, although my senior year it was it was a little lopsided, but uh, you know the, all, all those games were were fun games. It didn't matter if one team was better than the other or what the you know going into it, what the line was or whatever it was. It, it was always close to contest. It was a fun game, and so I, I think for players' sake, um, I, I think it needs to be put back in. I think for fans' sake, uh, fans love to watch that game, and it, it includes the bragging rights. And there's a lot of fun that goes along with it. If people at work or you know razzing, teasing each other, um, and communities or whatever it may be. So. That's what, that's what sports are all about. It's, it's, it's to engage the community uh, and have people involved. And I think it's about time it gets back on the schedule. David, see, that's why you are my brother from another, because I agree with everything that you have just said, uh, especially from the player standpoint and, and from the community standpoint. But what do you say to the fans outside of, of Utah? Yes. And that, and, and, I mean, Spencer and, and some of the other fans that, that weighed in on Twitter, they make great points. I mean, what does it really matter to a fan in Florida or New York where, you know, that during that rivalry week, they got their their BYU Cougar shirt on and nobody else cares. Nobody's <laughs> going to look twice about it during the Utah week. Well, I, I think people still do care. And I, I think this rivalry is, is, is kind of an example of what's happening across the entire college football landscape. I mean, you, another dear one to me is uh, Texas and Texas A&M. With me growing up there in, at Texas A&M, they haven't played since 2011. So it, it's an example of what's going on. And, and if you don't care about this rivalry, uh, you should, because it's going to start happening to all of the universities. I don't care what university you root for. Um, I was reading something the other day, West Virginia Pitt, who have, they have a huge rivalry. They, they've discontinued theirs. Mm. So I, it, it's, it's a problem that's happening across the entire college football landscape where these teams are just looking out for themselves and they're looking at the dollar, the revenue amount, how many wins they can get. And they're not looking at the emotional side of it of, of, man, we should be playing our big rival, you know, rival because of, 
of how fun it is for the fans. And, and they're more worried about the money than they are about the emotions and the, the fun of the game. So um, even if you're not a BYU or Utah fan, you're looking at this, you hope that it gets picked back up uh, because I, I think this rivalry looks at other rivalries and say, well, they're not playing, so why should we play? Um, and so I think it's a bigger issue than just BYU-Utah. I mean, once again, A&M and all these other schools that aren't playing the rivals, um, it, it just allows these other ADs at other colleges to say, well, they're not doing it, so why should we? Uh, let's, let's not play them because it is a tough game. Usually you're, when you're playing your rival, the reason it is a rival is because it's a tough game on your schedule. Um, and, and so they're saying, let's go you know, schedule an easy cupcake win so we can get bowl eligible and get the extra revenue or whatever it may be. So, um, you know, wh- wherever you are, whatever it is, you should care about this rivalry uh, because it could affect your school if you're not rooting for BYU-Utah. Dave, I'd like you to react to this tweet that I just saw from at JV Fiso. She says, Utah is like the girlfriend who thinks she's better than you. Just cut the cord and let her go. Get a new rivalry. Your reaction to that tweet? Uh, well, I never had a girlfriend that thought she was better than me, so I don't. I can't. I'm just kidding. Swag. Just kidding. Just kidding. But but in all, in all reality, in all reality, BYU should feel that way. There's no girlfriend that's ever too good for him. So I, I don't. I don't know. If BYU can relate that way, to be honest. Oh, that's great stuff. Hey, for uh, the insight into the BYU Utah rivalry, we appreciate the time, David. Always great to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, so here's the thing. Interesting point. I get it. Like, you played in that game. Yeah. I watched you playing those games, so I have Mm -hmm. that emotional tie to you guys playing in those games. Right. And we've had in-depth conversations about the emotions and the vitriol. But right now, after the two-year hiatus, they're in the Pac-12. BYU's independent. Really? I think David's point is great. It's bigger than BYU-Utah. It's bigger than this polka-dotted red and blue shirt. It's for college football. It needs to stay for college football. That was his underlying point. Like, we need to stop the rival resenting. Up next, we're going to go gold medal with Heather Olmstead. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Brian Logan doing it live on a very busy day in Studio B. Did you miss our interview earlier with UCLA analyst Matt Stevens? Hope not. Great stuff. But... No worries. Go to YouTube.com forward slash BYU TV sports to watch all of our interviews on the show. Why or why not do you feel strongly about BYU continuing its football series with Utah? That's our Twitter question. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What a month. What a summer, for that matter, for BYU women's volleyball coach Heather Olmstead. Okay, first of all, she finds out her brother, Sean, is leaving the women's team after he guided them to a national championship appearance right. to take over the BYU men's program. So then Heather, all of a sudden, is in position to interview and then gets the BYU women's job. Oh, by the way, then she's got to go coach Team USA in the Pan Am Games. (laughs) They win a gold medal last week, and she comes back only to find out that she has more positions to fill, and the season starts in less than a month. Somehow, she had time in her schedule to meet with us in Studio B. Heather, great to have you with us again. Uh, first of all, we're glad you made it back safely from Canada. Um, how was your trip north of the border? It was great. Thanks for having me. Um, enjoyable experience for me. Uh, happy to be back, but couldn't have been prouder of the USA and what they accomplished uh, at the Pan Am Games. And for the radio listeners, you got some USA swag. Tell us about what you brought back to Toronto. Yeah, I wore my jacket just because I don't know if I'll ever get to wear it again. So I figured <laughs> I'll, I'll wear it today. I won't wear any BYU gear, but uh, we got a lot of nice swag that we got to wear throughout the tournament so um 
it'll be in my closet somewhere. Maybe I get to pull it out another day. Team USA wins a gold medal. Not that you're busy working on anything else right now, taking over the head coaching duties at BYU. How did you manage uh, to fulfill that responsibility with Team USA during this transition period? I have a great assistant in Dave Height, and he really uh, helped me out taking the load. We had camps during this process of Pan Am Games, so he took camps. He ran with it. I, the girls on the team were great. They stepped up, and uh, they just did what, what I couldn't do, and so that worked out for me nicely. I saw Dave uh, in the Smithfield house, and all he said was that I need to get a haircut. So I was like, hey, good to see you too, Dave. Um, so that was fun. When, when you looked at participating in the Pan Am Games, um, when did you decide, you know what? I'm busy, but I've got time for this, and this will benefit our program. Well, I got asked by Karch Karai, that national team head coach, in January, and Sean and the administrators said, go ahead, it's a great opportunity. They were supportive. So I decided to do it in January, not knowing what was to come. So that's mm. kind of how it happened. I was already committed when this job came available for me. Did, did it stress you out to a degree because you're, what, less than a month away at this point? Or, um, or are you good? I, I'm good. I think that... Sean did a good, such a good job with the program. Things are in order that I felt calm about the situation. The girls were in such a good place. Uh, we've got recruits. They understood uh, where I had needed to be, and, and they thought it was kind of cool that I was doing USA stuff. So they came to camp, and I was able to see them a couple days. And so I felt pretty good about the whole situation. What did you learn in the gold medal experience with Team USA at the Pan Am Games that you will implement immediately in your own program at BYU? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I learned how to – Dan Fisher was the head coach, and he was really good. And I learned how to manage just being a head coach professionally. He was really good with the girls. Um, and I just watched what he did, how he interacted with them. And it's not really his team, so he kind of had to figure out how to manage them. And so I think I'll take that with the girls on my team. Of course, it's going to be a little bit different, but I really like the way he managed the team. And as far as technically and tactically, it's very similar game. And so a few things I learned there, but I think – I learned that we're doing a lot of good things at BYU. So Karch Karai, uh, you know, has, has a hand in this, as you mentioned. What, what's his perception of, I guess, BYU volleyball? Because I've met him, and he has seen BYU TV and watched BYU games, and I told Steve Ale that, and he had a freak-out session, you know, about Karch. But, and I know there's a personal connection to your family there yeah. as well, right? I think Karch, uh, you know, he tries to get coaches uh, to coach his teams when he can't. So he, he was with – they split the team down the middle, and he took a team to Grand Prix, and we had the team in the Pan Am game. So there was two tournaments that overlapped. That's why the national team was in two places. So he tries to get coaches, I think, that philosophy-wise and training-wise are on the same page with USA Volleyball. So we don't go there and screw it up. You just kind of, like, maintain <laughs> what he's done because he's done, he's done such a great job with the national team. And I think he saw that in BYU and, and me and Sean and what we were doing, and that's why I think, you know, I got the call. When you look at uh, the dynamic of what's happening at BYU with volleyball, you taking over as the head coach on the women's side, your brother Sean is now the head coach on the men's side, there's a natural question that arises, and that is what is the biggest difference between you and Sean as coaches? The biggest difference as coaches? Um, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask the girls maybe. I think that I've been in a role that I've been able to um, – have a different relationship with the girls than Sean. And so it's hard to say now that I'm the head coach, that's going to change a little bit. You'd have to ask the girls. I think he played men's volleyball. I played women's, but we're both super competitive. We want to win and we work hard. So I think there's more similarities than there are differences. I can't grow a mustache, but we already talked about that. Uh, so I thought you were going to say less uncontrollable screaming on your end. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Less neon. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as a head coach, so now you're the head coach, you're not an assistant. How does that ch how does that change how you coach? 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting for me just to make those choices about the team and the dynamics and and how we're going to go forward right now. We're making decisions on preseason and what we're going to do and where we're going to go, you know, if we do a retreat and how many hours, what time we're going to practice. So I just think the decision-making before I was able to suggest and say, you know, tell me what you want to do. And now it's, I need suggestions and then I'm going to make those decisions. Are your interactions with your players different as the head coach? Yeah. You have to be the boss. It's, it's been different, but they've been great. They've, they're super supportive. They, every time I see them, they're just so happy and excited. And of course it's summertime. So it's a little, you know, everyone's a little more relaxed, but I just, these past four years, I've grown to love every single one of those girls. And so I just, I feel like our relationships are pretty solid that it's, it's going to be great. What is your team doing right now to get ready for the season? Hopefully they're on vacation or taking some time off. We just had camps for two weeks, and they worked really hard at that. I would love if they're doing something for themselves with their family, um, relaxing, enjoying, uh, still working out. They're working with the strength coaches, but they're getting in some gym time. I see them you know, playing a little bit every once in a while, but I hope that they're taking some downtime to get ready for August 10th. When do you start stuff? August 10th. Okay, you just starts. answered it, and then I Sorry. answered the same question. <laughs> That's my bad. Sorry. What's what's the great? What, what's your biggest challenge right now? My biggest. You're on your game. I got to rise to your level. My, my biggest challenge is um, just getting ready for preseason. I think getting organized and having a plan going forward, uh, knowing that it's I'm going to keep things similar to what Sean had put forth, but I can tweak it a little bit, and that's probably probably something I'm working on right now. What's the greatest strength of your team when you look at them on paper? And I, I see one distinct, but I, I want to get your take. What's the greatest strength on your team? Yeah, the greatest strength would be uh, their love for each other and their desire to compete and win. Just last year, what we accomplished, their unity and them wanting to get back to that level, um, set new goals, but go forward. Um, I don't know if you're, you're t- talking technically or. Yeah, I was way okay. off. I was going to say blocking, but I was, I mean, your answer is way better. Yeah, I think <laughs> blocking is always a strength and uh, it'll continue to be a strength of BYU volleyball. But um, I think just the, the power of the team together as one is, is our greatest strength. Top blocking team in the country return the top two blockers as well, which is fantastic. But there's this idea out there from some, I don't know how you feel, that's what I want to ask, that blocking doesn't actually influence the game as much as many other parts of the game. So you so its emphasis, you know, sits in its place. What do you what do you think about where blocking fits into volleyball? Yeah, blocking's important for us. We spend a lot of time on it every day. So that's why we're we're good at it, we feel. It gives the te- it gives the girls they just get fired up when they get a block and the crowd gets fired up. So I think it has a lot to do with emotions of the team and of just the way that the match is going and shutting somebody down or taking away their best shot. It's motivating for our girls. And so we, I, we think it's an important skill. So we train it a lot and we, we're good at it because we spend time on it. Between Alexa Gray and Amy Boswell and Whitney Young and Camry Willardson. I mean, the list goes on of important players you bring back. You lose Jennifer Hampson, who we called the Probably, if not the best. The GOAT. Yeah, she's the greatest of all time in terms of female athletes at BYU. Right. She yeah. is. Yeah. What she did was unbelievable. You lose her, that presents challenges, but is that the biggest challenge you face, replacing Jen Hampson? You know, our biggest challenge we're going to face is replacing our passing. So Tamara Nobles um, was critical for that and Tia Withers. So although we'll miss Jen, we feel like we can distribute those offensive kills and points other places. But losing two-thirds of our passing is critical, and so we, we need some kids to step up there, and we feel like we'll be good. What's the question you get asked the most related to your brother? The question I get asked the most? About Sean. Oh, gosh. Um, this if this happens a lot, right? If he's my husband. Yeah. That one. <laughs> That's yeah. weird, yeah. right? It makes I, sense, I, but I it's say weird. We are related but by blood. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, even on social media, like the day that the news broke that both of you it's had crazy. your your <laughs> positions, like it was like, oh yeah, they're married. And it's like, no, no, they're not married. Are, is there any other school with this setup of sibling not that we coaches know of. at the same school? Not same that sport? we know of. The other question I get asked a lot is if he's my older or younger brother. I don't know if that's good or bad that people can't tell. Not a big deal, but we get asked that a lot. Older or younger? I don't know the answer. See? I know the answer. See? Uh, he's my older brother. I think Sean's older. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. And conveniently right after you said that. <laughs> old man Olmstead. <laughs> that, with that mustache, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And his, oh, the hats. You need to stop the hats, Heather. Actually, don't. You know, I, I, I enjoy that Sean brings a new fashion sense every time he comes we on We need the somebody show. with personality on the show. It's great. <laughs> I, I didn't bring you guys shoes, but I brought you the official USA. Oh, volleyball. you brought us something? Wow. Yeah, a pin from uh, this is valuable from Pan oh, Am yeah. Games USA official USA pin from the Pan Am. This Very is nice. so cool. We will pin this onto something on the set for all to see. This is great. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. For thinking about us, volleyball thinks about us. They brought us a piece of the court. Oh, awesome! Yeah, all signed and this. Yeah, they're great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck in the approaching season. Thank you. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Headlines and your elite tweet of the day next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What a show. Absolutely loaded. The one thing we did not mention yet. Austin Colley and John Beck play tonight in the CFL for the BC Lions. 6.30 Mountain Time against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That game on the road. BYU football is one day closer to Lincoln, Nebraska. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 37 days away, BYU and Nebraska to open the 2015 season on ABC National. We have another Fast Friday with Brian Keel tomorrow. Big B and Little B reunited once again. That's been the case most of the most summer. Most of the time, right, yeah. I told you guys, the Big B, Little B show. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm going to give it to Matt Stevens, the UCLA analyst. His overall exuberance, energy about the Bruins and what they present to BYU on September 19th. Yeah. I just got me really excited about the Week 3 game. Love it. Cannot wait, man. Our elite tweet of the day answering whether or not you feel strongly about BYU <laughs> continuing the annual series comes from at Major League Mormon. Lived in Kentucky all my life and still care about the rivalry. Mm. There's a youth fan in my ward. That's Ooh. why you care. Can't handle it. That's why you care. It just got real. It Thanks just to Brian Logan real. and all of our guests. <laughs>